The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome back to Jet Press Podcast. My name is Justin Freed, and I'm joined, as always, by my man, Mike Luciano. Mike, the Jets just signed Nicole Hardman. It's another busy Wednesday news day. How you feeling? Well, it may not be the transaction that Jets fans were hoping for or expecting because it doesn't involve a certain quarterback who was born number 12 in Green Bay for his entire career. But nonetheless, a move that I think both me and Justin are in agreement on that we kind of like for the Jets. So before we really dive into Miko Harbin, as always, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is you get your podcasts, you can download us there. You could also hit that little bell on YouTube, which you can find us at the Jet Press, and you'll get notified whenever we go live. Thank you guys so much and all around the world. Again, we love our international listeners, the UK, Mexico, Poland, France. We love you guys tuning in. Thank you guys so much. Never mind all that, Justin, because we have breaking news. Nicole Hardman is a New York Jet, a one-year, $6.5 million deal is what is being reported. A move that I am, I think, a bigger fan of now than I was originally because Hardman, I kind of just joking at the end of a podcast, I said he might be better running the 100 meters than being a receiver, but kind of digging more into Nicole Hardman. I kind of like him what I've seen, especially in the role that he's supposed to play. So just a quick uh, cliff notes, spark notes summary on Miko Harbin. He was drafted in the second round in 2019 by the Kansas City Chiefs. Complete speed demon and burner. So I guess they thought maybe he could be a Tyreek Hill replacement or something adjacent to a Tyreek Hill replacement. Never quite got there. He was always productive, but then when Tyreek Hill left and he was supposed to fill in, didn't really perform like many thought he would. Now... He was still pretty consistent, I would say. He's averaged 36.6 yards per game for his career and 37.1 this year, even though he only played eight games due to injury. So you're going to get a pretty consistent 30-ish yards a game from him. You're going to get game-breaking speed. Like He might be one of the five or ten fastest guys in the league, just based purely on that. And you're also going to get elite return ability. Mm-hmm. Braxton Barris, as we all know, gone. Signs bit with the Miami Dolphins. He, he left a lot on the table as a receiver, but he brought a lot to the table as a return guy. And now here comes Miko Hardman, a guy who was an all-pro returner in his rookie season with the Chiefs, had a 104-yard kick return for a touchdown, averaged 26.1 yards per return. He saw his role kind of reduced with Sky Moore coming in, but now that he's with the Jets, I think they've got wide receiver four locked down, and I think they've got their return spot locked down. So you're killing two birds at one stone here. Agreed. This is your Braxton Berrios replacement. Like, that's that's what his role. That's what he's going to do. Alan Lazard was your Corey Davis replacement. I know Corey Davis is still on the roster, but he's going to either be released or traded, maybe in the Aaron Rodgers deal. 
Braxton Berrios, his replacement is Mecole Hardman. And I believe he's an upgrade over Braxton Berrios. Also for the contract, too, I believe it's a one-year max $6.5 million contract. So I imagine his base salary, his cap it will be lower than that. I think it's just heavily incentive-based. So this feels like a pretty good deal. We don't see, we don't know the exact contract details. Maybe they'll be released while we're doing this podcast. Uh, but as of right now, what we just know is it's one year, max $6.5 million which I think is a good deal for what Nicole Hardman brings. He is an excellent wide receiver four, which is what he will be for the Jets. You have your Garrett Wilson, your Elijah Moore, your Alan Lazard. Hardman is your complimentary piece who adds an extra element of speed to that offense. I mean, this Jets offense now has Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, and Nicole Hardman. That's a lot of speed. Like Get ready to chuck bombs, baby. This is going to yeah. be fun. This is going to be a really, really, really fun Jets offense. And no, Mecole Hardman isn't, he doesn't fill the biggest need on the roster, but the Jets needed that wide receiver four. We've been assuming for a while it was going to be Randall Cobb. This is better than Randall Cobb. Like, Mecole Hardman is absolutely better than Randall Cobb. I know he had the, the injury last year that kept him out for a lot of the year, uh, but he, he, I believe he didn't miss a single game in his three prior NFL seasons. So he's been pretty durable. Um, just a very exciting, electrifying player, both on offense and special teams, you mentioned, of course. Former All-Pro as a return man. Uh, this he's, he's an upgrade over Barrios. He's a more explosive player than Barrios. He's going to be more a, a exciting and dynamic option in that offense. And now you, you bring in Aaron Rodgers and you give him an offense with Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Alan Lazard, Mecole Hardman, Tyler Conklin, CJ Uzama, a returning Brees Hall. That's a lot of skill position players for him to play with, a lot more than he's had the last few years in Green Bay. Yes, I know you still got to fix the offensive line. Yes, I know there are still holes to plug on defense, but this is a very exciting addition for the Jets, and I think it's good value too. The, the good thing about Hardman, too, is, which, by the way, shout out to Hardman for going from Patrick Mahomes to Aaron Rodgers. This dude knows, he's like, look, I'm at least going to go where I got a good quarterback thrown to me. I, I respect that. I don't want to necessarily say that it, getting hurt like that was a quote-unquote blessing in disguise or something like that, because that's just not the right just use of words, the right diction, the right verbiage. But the Jets have now got a guy who I thought if he stayed healthy – he may have been probably the number one receiver. That was before Kadarius Tony, Juju Smith-Schuster probably would have been right there with him, but he was he had a very different role just schematically from what Hardman played. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I mean, they're it's not that they're the same type of player, but it's just you know you want a six-four speed guy or a five-ten speed guy. I think Hardman honestly might have beat him out there in terms of a lot of snaps. So. If he had stayed healthy, we well, could be talking about maybe getting a deal just south of what Jacoby Myers got. I don't think that that's unreasonable. Instead, you got teams around the league saying, well, we're not going to commit two or three years to a guy who is probably, what, 5'10", 180, if that, and now has injury problems. So he gets a one-year, basically a prove-it deal with the Jets where he gets to go back to being a returner because he was not in Kansas City because they got Sky Moore, then Kadarius Tony comes in, takes that away from both of them. And he gets to go play with Aaron Rodgers, and he's not going to get any sort of special coverage on the defensive side of things because they've got Garrett Wilson to worry about. You got Elijah Moore to worry about. The other thing I like about Hardman, too, is he's not just go run go routes. He's had some nice moments just with the ball in his hands as a creator. You throw some shorter stuff, some drags, some screens. I think there's a lot of potential there. One play that really stood out to me that I think kind of encapsulates. Uh, what Hardman can bring, and you showed it on the Jet Press Twitter, was Chiefs Titans when he catches the ball. There's probably about two Titans who have a clear angle on him after about maybe a 25 yard pass in the air. He just shifts into another gear and runs away from him. As good as guys like Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore are, none of them have that level of speed. 
and you can't teach that level of speed. You can make guys slightly faster, but there's very few guys in the league of any age, any position that can run like that. Uh, agreed. And it's not even just like the the top end speed from Miko Harbin. It's how he like how quickly he can go from zero to hundred. His acceleration is is unmatched by almost any other player in the NFL, maybe aside from his former teammate Tyree Kill. Like there are very few guys that could just kind of turn on the Jets, no pun intended. The way come that he on, come on. I didn't it was not intended. I, I just said it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I Schefter tweeted out something similar to that he was like, Harden's gonna run, you know, some jet sweeps with the Jets. And oh, come on, man. What he's back. Um, no disrespect to Adam Schefter, of course. But no, I, I think he's a great fit in this offense, specifically this the the West Coast kind of yards after catch offense that the Jets are going to run. Uh, I imagine it's going to be very similar to the one that they ran with Michael Floor. That's kind of the the understanding. It's all under the Shanahan tree. So I imagine the the, the offense they're going to run with Nathaniel Hackett is still going to heavily emphasize those yards at their catch. And Miko Harbin's exactly the guy you want for that. Like you said, he's not just the go ball guy. Like he's not going to be just somebody that you send 60 yards down the field and hope he catches a bomb. He can run those drags underneath. He can turn five-yard gains into 15-plus yard gains. That's that's what he can do with his speed, with his acceleration. I think he's a great fit for this team, and he has a knack for the end zone too. I mean, in eight games last year, he had four touchdowns. If he stays healthy, who knows? He could push eight, nine touchdowns last year, right? And that's – I mean, obviously that's in that high-powered Kansas City offense, but you're hoping that this Jets offense with Aaron Rodgers and with these skill position players – can be one of the better offenses in football. That's why you're making these additions. That's why you signed Alan Lazard. That's why you're bringing in uh, Nicole Hardman. They're going to make some additions to the offensive line, potentially in the draft. We'll talk about that a little bit later. They're building around Aaron Rodgers, and that was clearly a point of emphasis for the Jets, and I think this signing just reinforces that. The thing I like about the Jets receiving core with the Hardman signing, too, is you have four guys who have such different skill sets, and they're all sort of working together. You've got... The guy with, I would say, probably an average body type for an NFL receiver in Garrett Wilson with insanely great change of direction, route running skill. Then you move over to Alan Lazard, big, giant, 6'5", receiver guy, tremendous blocker, is going to be a red zone target. Elijah Moore, the smaller, quicker slot guy who's going to dart in and out of things. And then Miko Hardman is just the speed demon. I mean, it's like the uh, the Avengers, the Justice League of receivers with all these different abilities coming together. I'm not saying that these are the four best receivers in the league, but in terms of how the core tech complements each other, I like how they all bring something different to the table. I, I, I completely agree. And now it's interesting to see how this me Cole Hardman signing impacts what else the Jets are going to do. Because obviously we know they're probably going to still look to add some pieces on defense, probably going to look at the offensive line, maybe a little bit in free agency. But specifically, I want to talk about the wide receiver room, right? Because there's been a lot of rumors, a lot of talk around Odell Beckham specifically, right? Uh, obviously, he was somebody that was on Aaron Rodgers' wish list or whatever the hell you want to call that. There's been some smoke around, you know, Sauce Gardner FaceTiming Odell Beckham. Uh, I know Josina Anderson has been on this since January saying that Odell Beckham to the Jets is a real possibility. I don't know about now, though, because after you you add me, Cole Hartman, you have a stacked wide receiver room. I mean, even we're assuming Corey Davis is gone, right? I'm pretty confident in saying that. Even with him gone, that's still your four deep plus Denzel Mims in the wide receiver room, whatever the hell you can get from him. I don't know, and we were saying this before this signing, I don't know if there's room for Odell Beckham in this Jets offense. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I think that Beckham probably is going to be ruled out with the Hardman signing, not only because... I just have my concerns about Odell Beckham as a player. I mean, about this, Justin, uh, I believe Travis Scott in 2019 put out an album 
and his lead single from that was the number one song the last time Odell Beckham had a 100-yard game, and he had 101 yards in that game. You did your research before this podcast. Oh, you bet I did. You know me <laughs> just rolling off Travis Scott facts just off the top yeah. of my head. You're, so. a huge, you're a huge Travis Scott fan, I know. Yeah, I, I don't even know what Travis Scott looks like, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. You can show me a picture of anybody. You can show me a picture of, like, some country singer. That's Travis Scott. I go, I believe you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, so that's how far back you have to go to find Odell Beckham performing at, I would say, an elite level. Now, we had that stretch with the Rams. Obviously, helped them win a Super Bowl, but... That's you're a number two, maybe even number three pass catching target for a guy for a team that had Cooper Cup getting doubled every game. So you very rarely got double coverage. And then he went and blew out his knee, the same knee I believe he's injured before in his career. Skinny guy, getting older, and he's relied on quickness and shiftiness and speed to really be effective in the NFL. I just think there's too many concerning, not red flags, but too many like, hey. This is, this is a little messed up here. There's too many of those things hanging around Odell Beckham. Plus all the, this is going to sound like all the noise he's going to bring, like not in a bad way, but that when you sign a guy like Odell Beckham, it's like why I think Cam Newton's having a hard time getting a backup job. Like there's just going to be some attention on Odell. Like the first game, I think Odell gets maybe like 10 snaps and the Jets offense struggles. It's going to be, well, why is he not playing over Elijah Moore? And why is he not playing over Al Lazard? So I think that, the Jets don't want to have that on top of the fact they're going to already have Aaron Rodgers questions they didn't have before. So I think it just might be too much too fast. Wrong place, wrong time at this point. Uh, I want to go address Joshua in chat really quick. We said, uh, I would argue his receiving core is top 10, even top 5. What are your guys' thoughts? I mean, I, I don't think top 10 is unreasonable at all. Especially if Garrett Wilson, who had 1,100 yards as a rookie with shitty quarterbacks, for lack of a better term, perhaps the shittiest in the entire league. Now you're going to get Aaron Rodgers, another year of Elijah Moore in an actual offense with actual quarterbacks, and then a speed a speed freak like Hardman. I'd say top 10. I don't think that that's outrageous. I agree with you. I, I think top 10 is definitely not a stretch at all. I, top five is probably pushing it. I, I don't think that they're there yet. I think they could. I think they had the potential to, and a lot of that just kind of revolves around Elijah Moore. Like if Elijah Moore can be the player the Jets thought he was at one point, probably, I mean, if you look at his rookie season, he had that stretch where he was one of the most productive receivers in the NFL. If he could be that guy again, if he can can kind of e- exceed expectations and go beyond that wide receiver to mark that he is right now, yeah, maybe because obviously you're you're competing with guys, you know, with teams that have like Jamar Chase and T. Higgins with with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Like there's a lot of really good wide receiver cores out there. But I think this Jets receiving core absolutely has the potential to be wide receiver, or top five in the NFL. Top ten is probably a good mark for uh, mark for it right now. I think that that's kind of where I'd put them. Uh, as for Odell Beckham, I do think that this that does probably put them out of the running, mostly because there's just too many mouths to feed. Like that's that's what it is, and you hit on it a little bit. If Odell Beckham plays, you know, a couple games and he's getting like 10 snaps a game, I don't think he's going to be happy. I don't think he wants to go to a, a destination where he's not going to be uh, one of the top three wide receivers. And right now with the Jets, I'm not confident he would be. That's not, you know, saying that, oh, he's less talented than Alan Lazard or whatever. But I, I think his role that he would play, he wouldn't be playing that Lazard role. He'd be playing that Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore role. And unless the Jets are moving Elijah Moore, which we talked about this last week, 
I don't think they're going to. I I, I know the the I forget his name, but the Packers, you know, tweeter guy, whatever the hell. The, that guy has been making a lot of noise uh, <laughs> on Twitter over the last few days about the Aaron Rodgers situation. Few weeks actually. Uh, he was like, oh, I guess the Jets are trading Elijah Moore now after the Miko Hardman signing. No, this this doesn't mean that. Well, uh, you like Elijah Moore? I bet you would. I bet you sure would. Packers fans, they're going to take Corey Davis and they're going to like it. Um, but if that. <laughs> Well, I, Davis is more of a throw-in at this point because um, <laughs> everyone knows he's gone. I think that's the only reason he's probably still on the roster. But I don't think the Jets are trading Elijah Moore. And if you keep Elijah Moore and you got Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, and Nicole Hardman, where does Odell Beckham fit in? I, I don't think he has a role. I don't see why he would want to come here. I know he would love to play with Aaron Rodgers, but like you said, wrong place, wrong time. I just think that there's too many mouths to feed in that receiving core. We're not even talking about C.J. Uzama and Tyler Conklin and then Brees Hall and then Michael Carter. Like, There's just so many pieces in that Jets offense, which is crazy to say, I know, given – you know, three years ago, their wide receiver one was Vincent Smith or whatever. But, you know, it's that's oh, reality. that's, that's going to be a remember some guy's name that'll <laughs> echo throughout Jets Twitter forever. Vincent Smith from that's, Limestone, I believe. Yeah, I think so. I, I think he was born in Germany, too. I don't I don't know why I remember. I think he was born in like a military base in Germany. Anyway, <laughs> um, the, the, it, it's crazy to say that. But there are there are too many mouths to feed the Jets offense to satisfy Odell Beckham. I don't think it's a good fit at this point. And it was already bordering on probably not a good fit before the Nicole Hardman signing. At this stage, I'd be shocked if it happened. Remember when Odell Beckham's dad made that cut up of all the times Baker Mayfield didn't throw the ball to him? Yeah, exactly. It, how, do we, Sir, how do we know that won't happen again with Aaron Rodgers? If he's not what? playing other, oh, he's throwing the ball to Elijah Moore this time. I don't know that that won't happen because we already, ha- already did it once. Right. Why wouldn't he do it again? And then you got Elijah Moore, who last year was obviously upset about a lack of targets anyway. Right. So he, you have two guys who understandably have, have had a, a prior history of not being happy about getting enough targets. You are already in a situation where you have a, a very overloaded wide receiver room. I don't think adding Beckham to that room is a good idea. It, would it make it better from a pure talent perspective? Sure. But the Jets could probably also use that money elsewhere. I, I think that, you know, defensive tackle, safety, center, which we'll talk about. Those are all positions that probably need it more than adding a fifth wide receiver to that room, not even, you know, counting Denzel Mims. So on the Aaron Rodgers debate, because Rodgers and Odell have often gone hand in hand as moves that the Jets have been expected to make, but haven't officially finalized yet. The Rodgers one obviously moving along at, I think, a little more brisker pace now that he said he wants to play for him uh, last week. The Rodgers thing has made me mute the word leverage on Twitter because that is all, I, all I've seen. Who has the leverage? The backers have the leverage. Oh, actually, the Jets have the leverage. Bah, 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 bah. That is not an exaggeration, but probably a third of the daily sports debate shows. It's just who has leverage. And this may be kind of like a cop-out take, I think it might be. I really don't know if anybody has any particular leverage in a situation that is as strange as I've ever seen in the NFL, where one team does not want a player, the only other team who wants that player is a team that the guy wants to go to and they can't agree on it on anything for, for compensation because the Packers are not going to have him show up to camp and eat up that much money. They're not going to trade him to some other team. Like, like who needs a quarterback right now? What is Tampa Bay going to trade for him? That's Washington, not going to happen. I don't know. Washington. <laughs> that's not going to happen. And then the Jets at the same point are also basically said, we expect Aaron Rodgers to be here. Lazard has mentioned that he signed here again with the expectation that Aaron Rodgers will be here. They are pot committed at this point and no one has finalized anything. 
it's quite strange. And honestly, I really don't see this resolving anytime soon because what in the next week could really change either the Jets or the Packers' mindset about all this? Like a week later, we're going to be sitting here on this podcast and the Packers are still probably going to want a first-round pick from the Jets and something extra, and the Jets are going to want to hold on to, at the very least, their 2023 selection. So I really don't see anybody kind of giving any ground here, even though it's just best for both parties if somebody just caves in and goes, all right, fine. Like, I don't get what's the holdup. Exactly. I, I want to make this clear, too, for Jets fans who are, are panicking that this isn't done yet, or I, I've seen I see it on Facebook. People are like, oh, it's not. it hasn't happened yet. It's not going to happen. It's going to happen. Like, there is one potential outcome to this scenario, and it is Aaron Rodgers being traded to the Jets. There is no other scenario for any of the parties involved that makes any sense. Aaron Rodgers already said he wants to play in 2023. He said he wants to play for the Jets. The Packers know that he's not going to play for the Packers in 2023. They know they can't have him on the roster. The Jets are in a scenario where they only, at this point, essentially, can have Aaron Rodgers. There's no viable plan B. And since all three corners or all three parties are essentially backed into a corner, that's why this is so strange because nobody has leverage. Not a soul. <laughs> Neither team has any leverage. I, I think I said this weeks ago, too, that that was the situation before the whole leverage debate became the debate, right? I said a few weeks ago that neither team has any leverage, and that is still true. That doesn't mean both sides are not going to try and extract any sort of leverage that they can because that's what's happening right now because the Packers are saying, look, we could just keep him here because we know you don't have a plan B. And the Jets are like, that's okay because we know that you don't have a plan B because your plan B is to keep Aaron Rodgers on the roster. That's not going to happen. He's not going to be on the roster in 2024 or 2023. They're not paying him. So he has to be traded. Neither side really has any leverage. As for when it might get done, I don't know. Before the draft. Like that's that is the only like that's the next timeline essentially. That is the next deadline in this situation. Uh it has to happen before the draft for the Packers' sake at least at least. If the Packers are willing to wait until after the draft, then the Packers have leverage. I'll, I'll say it like that. I'll put it that way. If the Packers are saying, you know what, we don't need 2023 draft capital, we'll wait until after the draft then the Jets are going to eventually have to make a deal, right? They're going to have to do something, and I think the leverage shifts to the Packers a little bit. But I don't think the Packers do that. It wouldn't make any sense for them to do that. They want that draft capital now. I don't think Brian Gutekunst is, is going to push this past the draft. So I don't know what it's going to take to get it done. I know right now the Packers are really pushing for that first-round pick. They likely want pick 13. Joe Douglas is doing everything he can to not give that up. I think ultimately they're going to reach a middle ground where the Jets don't give up pick 13, but they give up a conditional one in 2024. I think that's what it's looking like, which if you go back months ago, that was the supposed like projected trade package. It was a, a two in 2023 and a one in 2024 on conditions, right? Now, I do want to say with that condition, it can't be tied to roster status. I, I think we've talked about that on the show too. I've gotten that wrong in the past. Others have too. You can't tie that 2024 condition to roster status. If you want to do that, it has to be a 2025 pick. What you can tie that condition to is team or player success in 2023. So say Jets reach the Super Bowl or reach the playoffs or whatever, then it becomes a first-round pick or a second-round pick. If they don't reach either, then it's a third-round pick. Or you can tie it to statistical you know, feats for Aaron Rodgers. That's what you could do with that conditional pick. But you can't say, oh, it becomes a one if Aaron Rodgers is on the roster in 2024 because then it's too late for that condition. Like, you can't meet that condition in 2024. That would have to be 2025. So just wanted to throw that out there. But it's going to happen. 
I don't know when, but I think it'll happen before the draft. That's that's all I can give you. <laughs> the the holdup definitely seems to be the 2023 first. I think if you hooked up Joe Douglas right now to a lie detector, I think he would say, I don't particularly care that much about the 2024 first. Because the expectation is with Aaron Rodgers, you're going to win enough games to where the 2024 pick is not going to be as sacred as this. Maybe they're going to be in the mid-20s or something, which is a lot different than 13. Now... I, I still think that I don't know why people say being a GM is hard because I already figured out the Aaron Rodgers trade and I could consummate this deal immediately if they would just put me in there. So, okay, here's here's, here's your deal, Packers and Jets. Here's what you guys are going to do. I feel, I feel like, like a like a school principal. Like, all right, look, here's what's going to happen. You're going to give up a 2023. The Jets are a 2023 second round pick, which is in the mid 40s. That's a valuable pick. That's not nothing. It's not a first-round pick, but it's certainly an asset that you can use, especially for a Packers team that not only doesn't get free agents with Aaron Rodgers, they're certainly not going to get them without Aaron Rodgers. That's a pick they could use. You're going to go get, I think, maybe a later day three pick next year. And then you're going to get a third-round pick, which can become a second if the Jets end up making it to the AFC champ, the uh, making it out of the divisional round. So if they win a playoff game, it becomes another second. And then it becomes a first if they go to the Super Bowl. So therefore, you now have that's three picks. I know one's a day three. That's three picks that you've get that the Packers are getting, two of which are on day two at the minimum, with the potential to convert into a first if the Jets make it to the Super Bowl, which if they do that, the euphoria is going to be so crazy around this franchise in the city that Joe Douglas is not going to care one iota about that pick. That seems pretty fair. I don't know why the Packers have this fantasy in their mind. Is it because of Russell Wilson? Because that's what I always hear. Oh, Russell Wilson got this, and Matthew Stafford got that. Well, Matt Ryan got basically one pick. And I think, honestly, I know that he's a better player than that, but I think that the package for Matt Ryan is probably something that's going to be – it's going to get closer to what ends up actually going down for Aaron Rodgers than maybe a Russell Wilson or a Matthew Stafford. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry, we got breaking news. The Browns are tra- <laughs> the Browns are trading for Elijah Moore. Oh, no. <laughs> Dude, that's wild. No, we just talked about no. <laughs> cut, cut, oh, cut everything we just said. That's hilarious. Well, oh, Jesus. All right, hey, the Browns trade. <laughs> well, I, well, I look like a moron now. All right, so remember that before. great early podcast thing you heard? Yeah, uh. <laughs> scrap it's, all that it's for uh oh, Damn it. oh they got a jets got a second and a third a second and a third all right i'm cool with that wow totally cool with that. okay i'm totally cool with that a second and a third i'm cool with they got 42 wow all right hey i think the jets are gonna trade elijah more can we cut the can we cut that into yeah the, yeah just the just part? like uh stitch it together just like take That's bits from wild. the podcast and all right, hey, hey, about Odell Beckham. Elijah Moore will be traded. There we go. <laughs> what, what Josh, what Josh Kerr saying here? Hey, about Odell Beckham. Hey, hey, about that Odell Beckham guy. Oh right? God, there, there goes the show, man. It was the first Yo. half of the show was based on this not happening. That's amazing. And then well, it happened. Well, it happened during the show and not immediately after. Uh, yeah, it's a third round pick. Oh wait, no, Jets trading and the third. So it's the trading third. Elijah Moore and their third for a second. For oh. Oh, the Jets are giving up a third. So now they have two seconds, Cleveland Wait, and they them. Just moved up. Wait, what? Schefter and Rappaport are saying different things, I think. Do the Jets own 74? Yes. Oh, well. All right, then I don't like this trade as much. Then they just moved up from 74 to 42. That's that's all they did. Well, now they have two seconds, I guess. 
So do. I guess if one of the seconds is going to go for Rodgers, yeah, you still have so a first and a second. I'm going to use Jimmy Johnson's handy draft value chart. So they, they gave up. They got 42. They picked back-to-back now, 42 and 43, and they gave up 74. So that's the equivalent of 260. So basically, they just got a high third-round pick. That's what that's the equivalent of. You got a high, they got a high third round. Mm. I don't, I don't love that. I don't love that. I'm not going to lie. My immediate reaction is I don't love that. I, I wish they could have got a second. That's, that's what I'm, I mean, I know they, they got a second, but they gave up a third as well. Uh, with that, okay, I guess me, the Avengers broke up already. The Avengers yeah, were alive so for, for, that. for 15 I'm, minutes on this podcast. So and gone. I'm so glad it happened during the show though. And not like immediately after so that we can at least address this. Well, that kind of throws a little bit of a loop into our uh, plans for today, but we can, Hey, we can talk about Elijah Moore now, right? Yeah. Let's talk um, about Elijah Moore, I, man. I wish they got a second for him, but this, this definitely, uh, I think increases the odds that the jets go out and sign Odell Beckham, which you're completely remaking that wide receiver room. If you do that, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with that part. I'm not, I don't love Hardman, well, Costello is saying that Hardman's Moore's replacement. If that's the case, that's a bad idea. Uh, that would not be good. I don't know. All right, I've kind of thrown for a loop here. I do wish they got a second. Um, if they traded him, I, I was hoping they would get that. Um, but I know the Browns were interested. They were the, you know, they were the uh, the the team that was supposedly eyeing him as a trade target going into the offseason. So I'm not shocked that it's the Browns. Uh, and we're in on Jerry Judy reportedly. I guess they couldn't get Jerry Judy, so they went and got Elijah right. Moore. Right. I also think on the on the Aaron, on the Aaron Rodgers front, this makes it definitely more likely that they do give up uh, one of those twos. Right. I think that that's what they're doing here is that they're likely going to keep thirteen, and now they give up one of those twos, so they're still going to have either thirteen and forty-two or thirteen and forty-three. Uh, also, Brian and Chet says the Browns don't have a first or second round pick now. That's kind of wild for them. Um, I mean, I guess when you're that pot committed to nasty man Deshaun Watson, I mean, I guess you have to. Yeah. All right. All right. So I get if the thinking here is we want to, like, if they're eyeing someone like John Michael Schmitz, right, who we've talked about a lot, who the Jets have had three different visits with at this point, they're likely going to get him early in the second round. Now, even if you trade that second round pick for Aaron Rodgers, you still have another second round pick. So I think that that's important. And that's something to keep an eye or keep in mind. They don't have a third now, right? They don't. They don't pick in the third round. So that means the next pick they have is in the fourth at what one twelve? Yeah, one twelve. Um, interesting. So they have three top fifty picks, which is I mean they're not going to end up with three top fifty picks because they're going to send at least one of those in the Aaron Rodgers deal, I would assume. Um, interesting. Very very interesting. That's <laughs> sucks for Elijah Moore. You know, it does suck for Elijah Moore. Uh, I am as I will reiterate once again. I am not a fan of bringing in. Odell Beckham as compared to I would have stuck with Elijah Moore personally but at the same time if they kind of had their mind made up that they wanted to do this deal anyway either to just open up another receiver spot for Odell or anybody it's not necessarily a foregone conclusion that it's Odell if they had that in their mind then I think that I I guess this makes sense I'm never going to turn down a second round pick for a guy who honestly I really don't think he would have signed a long-term deal here anyway with the pieces that need to be retained, Quinn and Williams, Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, obviously the Rodgers expected cap hit that's coming. I really didn't see Elijah Moore be on the team beyond the next two years. So honestly, if you're saying instead of two years of Elijah Moore, we'll get a guy like Odell and then add another pick, maybe a John Michael Schmitz or a Cody Mock or a Joe Tippmann or whoever it is, then I can wrap my head around that. I don't know if I like more for Beckham straight up, but – Philosophically, I kind of get it. 
Uh, I want to go to Brian in chat because he says, well, now that it's, now that he's gone good riddance and uh, or like good riddance with a question mark, like, is it good riddance? Uh, maybe, because I think that this also proves that the trade request was pretty firm, and I don't really think he relented on that. Uh, maybe. I, I would say so. Like, maybe. Obviously, he would have been less frustrated with Aaron Rodgers than he would have been with Zach Wilson and, and Mike White and Joe Flacco and all that. And I definitely think some of the frustration – stemmed from just playing with those quarterbacks but i also think maybe he saw the writing on the wall and saw that the jets weren't going to give him a long-term deal maybe i feel like this is more of a jets decision like i feel like the jets decided we're gonna like i think that they got the offer from the browns and they they're i think they i genuinely think that they're really looking at this from the aaron Rodgers trade perspective in that they wanted that high second round pick regardless so they know that they're probably gonna have to give that up in the Rodgers deal i think they saw this as their way of getting that high second round pick and and Basically having their cake and eating eating it too. Um, Wait a minute, wanna... I just thought of something. Are they going to trade both of them? Both, both of the seconds? Ooh, I wouldn't like that. I don't think so. I wouldn't like that I'm either. Gonna, but twenty twenty four capital in there. Nah, I, I don't want that. Jo- yeah. I don't think Joe Douglas has that. Jo- D- again, we've talked about this a lot. Douglas in this current regime knows they have to win this year. They are going to sacrifice future assets way more than they're willing to sacrifice current assets. I think that I don't think they'd give up both twos. I really think they just they want to hold on to one of those twos. Uh, I do want to mention what Josh Kerr says here in chat. He says, hope we had a draft another receiver. Absolutely. If if the Jets plan here uh is hey Alan Lazard's our wide receiver two. Mecole Harmon's a wide receiver three. That's not a good plan. That's a bad plan. And that changes everything about this trade if that's their plan. Uh if their plan is we're gonna sign Odell Beckham or we're gonna target a wide receiver uh either in you know, the second round or even at pick 13. I think that that now absolutely becomes a conversation that the Jets could take a wide receiver at 13. Um, if that's their plan, then awesome. I'm cool with this. I'm on board. But if their plan is Alan Lazard at wide receiver two and Nicole Harbin at wide receiver three, then I'm not, I'm not getting behind it, you know? See, I don't mind Lazard as a two, honestly, because, I mean, he was operating as a, a two and even a one pretty much in Green Bay. So I don't right. think he's the worst option. I think $11 million a year for a wide receiver two of his caliber is not – outrageous i just i don't know if i would like hardman as a three i think he's perfect as a four in the uh the barrios uh mold for lack of a better word uh, i just have a problem with uh, like I, I think now you have to I, we, i'm not a big fan of odell on the jets but i think at this point just too many things are pointing to it where it seems like this is not a formality or a foregone conclusion but I mean, it's, it seems like it's closer to happening than it ever was before. And I would have preferred, if you were asking me one of those two receivers, you had to pick him, I would have picked Elijah Moore. But at the same time, the Jets are now free from the burden of having to pay him. Mm-hmm. He clearly was disgruntled to some degree. I know for even if he what, kind of mended some fences, I, I doubt he was completely by four months. So I think some of that's there. So if, if you get rid of a guy who's not a malcontent, but someone who had some issues with the coaching staff, I think is a fair thing to say. I, I mean, I guess you had to, for lack of a better word. I think how the Jets are looking at this is they're looking at it as, say, say, say Odell Beckham is the replacement, right? Say they do sign Odell Beckham. They're looking at it as Odell Beckham plus pick 43 is better or you know greater than Elijah Moore. I think that that's kind of the math equation they're doing in their head because they know they're going to likely have to give up one of those second round picks in the Aaron Rodgers deal. So they're looking at it as we just got another second round pick. Whoever we draft with that pick 
whether it's John Michael Schmitz, whether, you know, whether it's a center, whether it's a receiver, D tackle safety, whatever, there's a lot of options they could go there, but let's just assume it's like John Michael Schmitz or something. They're thinking that him plus Odell Beckham or whoever they're drafting to replace or whoever they're bringing in to replace Elijah Moore is a better addition to the team or, or better for the team than Elijah Moore. I get that perspective. I do. I just, I hope that they had another wide receiver. If they had another wide receiver, I'm cool with this. Uh, I, I think Lazard is more of a high-end wide receiver three. I really think that that's what his ceiling, or like that, not his ceiling, but that's what he is right now. Um, I know he was technically wide receiver one, obviously, with, with the Browns, but or with the Browns, Jesus, with the Packers. Um, but that's not, I don't think that's, that's his role. I think he's very similar in that Corey Davis tier, where he's a high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two, and that's fine. That's fine. I think the Jets need a wide receiver two. I don't know if Odell can be that, but if you have Odell, and Alan Lazard, both of those guys, like one of those guys is better than a wide receiver three, right? Or is a high-end wide receiver three, essentially. So I'm okay with you if you're with Wilson, Beckham, Lazard, and Hardman. I'm okay with Wilson, a rookie, you know, top 50 pick, Lazard and Hardman. I'm not okay with just Wilson, Lazard, Hardman, and like Randall Cobb. I'm not okay with that. I think oh, it might now the Randall Cobb things might start oh back God. up. I mean, if it's Rogers. Wait, I just – I'm sorry. I just thought of something. I need to revisit the tweet from that guy who said, oh, I guess Elijah Moore is getting traded to the Packers now. That's really funny. Oh, well, uh, all right. So he was half right. <laughs> he was. He was. He was actually traded. Um, he was half right. And then I looked like an idiot on the last show because I said Elijah Moore was 100% not going to get traded. So that's, we, we said that this show. We, we yeah. said that. In this like, show, yeah. We so, said that like 20 uh, minutes ago. 20 minutes ago. right for opening my big fat mouth. But uh, – I mean, look, that was it was a fair take. It was I fair. think one of two things will happen now as a result of this pick. Because I do, I am in agreement that either 42, I believe, was the Browns pick, yep. or 43 is going to go to the Packers. Well, also, I believe, have like 45, I think. They're like right in the middle there. So, uh, yeah, they have 45. Yeah, yep. 45. So, I believe one of two things is going to happen. And this was going to tie into like a free agency discussion, I think, because there are some centers out there. Obviously, Connor McGovern is still on sign. Ben Jones from the Titans was released, and he has a connection with Keith Carter, who was recently hired as the offensive line coach and the run game coordinator. So I think one of two things is going to happen. Either they're going to draft an interior offensive lineman to play center with one of those picks and then sign a guy like an Odell to be wide receiver four, which I think is the probably the more likely option, or they're going to sign Ben Jones and then use the next pick on a wide receiver three. I think one of those two things is going to happen. Now I'll, I'll give you the floor here. Which of those two, if you could snap your fingers and make one of them reality, would be better for the Jets? Lay out the exact scenario again for me because I want to hear yeah. it again. And so I wanna, it's yeah, go for it. Odell Beckham in free agency and center with the second round pick, or center like Ben Jones in free agency, wide receiver with the second round pick. Mm. I'll t- I'll take I'll take Odell and the center in the second round. I think that's what I would take. I I think that's probably what's closer to happening too. I wouldn't rule out the Ben Jones thing, but I think that. The first one is probably close. Maybe 60-40, I'll give it. Yeah. I think I think I'd rather because I'm I'm when I'm thinking of this long term, right? And I want to have another long term piece on offensive line. I think they have enough long term pieces in the skill position group, at least two. They have Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. That's two long term pieces in that skill position group. I think they need another long term piece in that offensive line. So that's that's why I would do that. I love Ben Jones. And if they if they sign Ben Jones, I'll be ecstatic ecstatic. Obviously, you mentioned the Keith Carter connection. He's I mean, we were we were gonna talk about it, like potential free agent targets. He's one of my top free agent targets that the Jets could sign, I'm sure. Same for you and a lot of other Jets fans out there. 
So if they do sign Ben Jones, I'm excited. I'm very, very happy. I think the additions of Wes Schweitzer and even Tristan Cologne make me think that they're going to go into the draft looking for a center because Schweitzer is somebody who like, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Schweitzer is very German. Schweitzer, uh, you're, you lived in Germany, man. You got it. <laughs> I, nine. I don't speak German. I don't know, man. I did, but it was, I didn't learn much German. Um, four, four years of high school German and then one year of college German. Just whoosh, you, 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 you took five years of German. Yeah. And it, it just, wow. I can say like Guten Tag. I, I have been trying to read Jets articles and build the German news sports newspaper record to keep my German up that way. Cause that way I already, I already know the Jets story. So that way, if I like don't know what a word means, I could just fill it in from context. But yeah, I'm not, I can't even get Schweitzer right. So it is, I, I didn't know that about you that you were doing that's, that's, that's really funny. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that the, the, you know, addition of someone like Schweitzer, I think it makes it more likely to just go in a draft because he's someone who can start like he's like a Dan Feeney, right? Where he's a fringe starter. He can start in theory, but he probably shouldn't be someone that you want to start. Um, so I think that they would just go in a draft, pair him with someone with a rookie, but they signed Ben Jones. I'm cool with that. Um, also, it's a deep wide receiver class too. So if they did want to go wide receiver on day two, I'm also fine with that. Uh, I just I think it definitely makes it the most likely scenario that Aaron Rodgers uh, or the one of those twos goes in the Aaron Rodgers deal. I want to bring up a chat here from Brian. Uh, he says, "What if the trade for Rodgers is three unprotected seconds, one for each of the next two years or next three years? So essentially, a two in 2023, 2024, and 2025." So basically, when you're like evaluating future draft picks, I think the rule of thumb is uh, it's basically the value of the of a future pick is one year later or one round later. So a value of a 2024 second is basically a third, right? Like that's essentially what you're looking at. Um, so that would basically be a two, three, and a four, sort of, I guess, is what they're giving up, which I feel like is too much. Maybe I don't know what his value is going to be. Uh, maybe it's too much. I don't know if they would do that. I mean, if they really want to hold on to that, that future first, then maybe I think it's more likely you just have some kind of conditions attached to any future draft capital. Cause there's so many variables. There's so much uncertainty. I think the jets are going to want some kind of, you know, fallback plan. They're going to want some kind of certainty um, or, you know, contingency plan if Rogers sucks or they don't make the playoffs or whatever. Um, and I think the Packers are going to want that upside of being able to potentially get a first round pick. So I think it just makes more sense for both sides to have a future first. But Mike, Mike, what do you think about that? Yeah, I would probably say that it just, I, I want whatever gives me more flexibility. I don't know about the unprotected side. That seems a little too, little, little too rich personally. I want to get your opinion on this too, because I honestly don't even know if I love the Elijah Moore move for the Browns. If I'm if I'm being honest, like they got some, they have Amari Cooper, they now have more, they have Donovan Peoples Jones, who I really liked, and I had like a third round grade in the draft. I don't know how in the hell he fell to the sixth round, and then Olympic sprinter Anthony Schwartz. Like that's an okay receiver room, but in a division with Joe Burrow, probably Lamar Jackson. I don't know, but probably let's assume. And then a Steelers team that I know that Kenny Pickett's not amazing, but you look up every year and the Steelers win eight, nine games. I don't know how they do it, but they do. Does th- is this really a move where you're now giving up a, a top 40 pick, not top 40, I, I can't count, a top 50 pick for Elijah Moore, who we, we like him a lot, just what he brings to the table, just what he can do schematically. But I mean, for all he's talked about, I mean, he doesn't even have a thousand career receiving yards in two years. Now, worst quarterback play in the league, I get that, but is he a second round pick needle mover? I mean, like DeAndre Hopkins is being discussed mm-hmm. for like a second and a five. 
He's not close to that. So honestly, like if you want to look at it, here's another good way to spin it for the Jets if you don't like it and you're in cope mode maybe. Another good way you could spin is, look, we took advantage of a desperate team and we got a top 50 pick for a guy we were only going to keep for two more years anyway and was going to be third on the team in targets. And the Browns are definitely hoping that Elijah Moore hasn't even come close to scratching his potential. That's what they're hoping, right? And we don't know. Like, this trade could absolutely turn out really bad for the Jets. If Elijah Moore becomes the player that many thought he could have become early in his career, even going into like going into last year, it's 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 easy to forget. A year ago at this time, we were talking about Elijah Moore as a breakout star. Like that's that's kind of what we were talking about, right? Um, so I, I think there's a lot of potential there with Elijah Moore. I think he has wide receiver one potential. I, I really do. Uh, <laughs> geographic third in chat said he took advantage of a team that everyone takes advantage of lol yes um, yeah the, the Browns definitely obviously if you look at the Deshaun Watson deal that's a, a fair a fair take um, basically you got a Browns wide receiver room now with Amari Cooper Donovan Peoples-Jones and then Elijah Moore in the slot they obviously still have David Njoku um, that offense still revolves around Nick Chubb and that really good offensive line in the, in the running game I don't know like basically that you need like you're, they're hoping Elijah Moore takes that next step and becomes the player they hope he can be. And also they just need to get better quarterback play than Deshaun Watson because he wasn't good last year. Like, I mean, they, they also don't have like a D I mean, they have Dalvin Tomlinson, but I mean, front seven, that is extremely weak. And they just gave up a, a very good pick in a draft that honestly is pretty good with defensive linemen and has some really good linebackers. You could target around two. That's now gone. So again, like, I know this is not a Brown show, but I mean, this looks like you could frame that as a win for the Jets. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to complain too much about getting another top 50 pick. Like at the with Joe Douglas and how he's kind of moved around the order and done well when he's kept the picks. That's that's only good things can come of that, in my opinion. I, I agree. I think it's it's very much. I know everyone wants the reactionary takes. The oh, who won the trade? It's to be determined. Like there's no way we can say right now who won this trade. Uh, I get what the Jets are doing. I think what I think they're doing is I think they're going to give up one of those two and twos in the Rogers trade. And I think they're going to sign someone like Odell Beckham and, and replace Elijah Moore that way. I think that's what they're doing. And I think their, their goal was to still have a first and a second this year. I think that that's what their plan was. And if that's their plan, I get it. And I'm on board with it. They could still lose the trade. If Elijah Moore becomes a star with Cleveland, that could happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, but it could happen. Um, but I, I get what the Jets are doing, and if that's their plan, I'm on board. If their plan, like I said before, is to just roll with Alan Lazard and Miko Hardman as wide receiver two, wide receiver three, I'm absolutely not on board. They just downgraded for, in my opinion, no reason. Um, oh, so that's, I, just thought, I just thought of an even better conspiracy. So right, yeah. let's just say Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to take number 12 when he comes to the Jets. Number eight is now available, which is what he wore in college. Ooh, that's Ooh. true. That's and now true. he doesn't have to like pay it, buy it off Elijah Moore. That's true. That's Ooh. fun. That that could be fun. Uh, yeah. I, I, that I, is I, not what happened. Let me be very clear. <laughs> that's why it happened. Clearly, that's what you're saying. Obviously. <laughs> um, I, I guess real. We talked about the Elijah Moore trade a lot. Uh, real quick. I guess we kind of already touched on the free agent targets. I'm just trying to get back on board with what we originally had planned for the show. Um, well, I mean, I had a great show planned. And this one comes over, we talk about, you know what, Elijah Moore and Miko Harmon are going to be fantastic together. And as I was saying that yeah. sentence, he gets traded. It is, it is, the timing was impeccable. I'm not, oh gonna, my goodness. Uh, I think this is, we could transition this though a little bit to, we were going to sort of end it, I guess, with the, the, the draft spotlight, which is what we do, you know, we try to do it every week. We didn't do it last week. Boy, I just want to say, last week, right before we started recording, Aaron Rodgers, you know, announced he was going to get traded to the Jets. We come on the show, 
Big news, Michael Harden was signed. <laughs> this will be the biggest news that happens today. And during the show, Elijah Moore is traded. Wednesday is clearly the Jets news dump day, uh, which is good and bad for us. Mike LaFleur, uh, after our first show for some of the new listeners, we were talking about they should keep Mike LaFleur and he got fired like five hours after he went yep. live. Yep, Wednesday is clearly the, the Jets news dump day, so just keep that in mind, I guess. But we could jump into the, the draft spotlight. The guy I'm looking at, uh, it, it definitely relates to this because we talked about how they are, are potentially going to target a center on day two. I know a lot of people have their eyes on John Michael Schmitz. We've talked about him a lot. I don't think it's worth kind of doing a, a whole draft spotlight on him. But if the Jets are planning to draft the center on day two and then John Michael Schmitz isn't there because he would still be my top target, somebody they can keep an eye on is Luke Whipler from Ohio State. Uh, he's a New Jersey native, grew up a huge Jets fan. He idolized Nick Mangold. He wore Mangold's number 74 throughout his entire high school career. Uh, I, this is a great nugget from, from Rich Samini, who did an interview with Whipler earlier this month. Uh, he even named his dog Chez after Mark Sanchez. Like, this is a massive Jets fan. Um, I don't want to say perhaps even more so than Jeremy Ruckert, but in that same mold of, like, a huge guy who grew up a Jets fan, local dude who potentially could be a target. I just feel bad for all the, the pets and kids that are named after, like, Tim Tebow and Mark Sanchez and all the – there's probably a kid who's, who was just born a couple months ago named Zach after Zach Wilson. Like, oh, I just feel so bald. A couple just months ago, hundreds of them. Who is still naming their kids Zach after a couple a couple months ago? <laughs> uh, Justin, you would have you seen the Zach Wilson stands on Twitter? Probably someone in BYU or in that Utah area. Right, there, there's so many Utah neonatal units full of there's Zach so many, Wilson names. So many Mormons, they pump out babies. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> topical <laughs> comedy on the jet press podcast anyway, <laughs> my buddy who goes to utah is gonna love that joke anyway uh <laughs> luke <laughs> luke whipler he was a two-year starter at ohio state 6'3 200 pounds he's a really smooth athlete right i don't think he has any kind of like incredible physical traits he's not the most powerful guy i don't even think he's the most athletic dude but he's a very smooth athlete who i think could potentially start day one he's a really good fit in like a zone scheme which the jets do run that a lot um, I saw NFL.com compared him to Viking center Garrett Bradbury, who just signed a three-year extension uh, and is a pretty solid center. I don't know if Luke Whipler would ever be a true star, but I think he's someone you could target on day two uh, and he could potentially start early in his career, compete with Wes Schweitzer, Schweitzer, whatever the hell, whatever his name was um, for that starting job. And obviously the Jets connection is a big reason why I included him here, because I think that's a really fun anecdote, a really fun note. And yeah, it'd be two years in a row that the Jets drafted a local dude who grew up a Jets fan, which is fun. After they missed on Saquon Barkley, who was a huge Jets fan. And that I, I know they never were going to draft Saquon Barkley, but it's sad that he's never probably going to play for the Jets and he's a huge Jets fan. Whipler is a very good athlete for the center position, which you need to be on the Jets right now because that's just the scheme you have to run. And that's the players that you need. Now, I, I have some problems with Whipler because I remember really digging into C.J. Stroud and – Part of the problems that I noticed with Whipler was he had issues snapping the ball a lot of 2021. There were a lot of penalties there, and he's also not the strongest guy. There are a lot of times where he was kind of getting pushed around too much for my liking. Like, not to rule him out as a prospect, but for a guy to use a top 50 pick on, there was not a great anchor, didn't have a great base. He definitely was better in 2022. Like, you could see improvement. I just don't know how how is, that's going to necessarily translate. But I do like him as an athlete. I wouldn't be upset if the Jets picked him. I use that new pick on a wide receiver. I think I got a day two target. He may require a little bit of a move up, which I don't think is could be ruled out yet. Or he could fall a little bit if some physical stuff doesn't come back great. 
but I would really like to see you, you hear that old joke. Oh, we have Elijah Moore at home. I think Elijah Moore at home this year could be Zay Flowers. Ooh, Zay well, Flowers from Boston College, who I'm going to be. You, you talk about a little guy. We make people make fun of Bryce Young's size. This guy is 5'9. He's listed at 182 pounds. I think he may have had like 15 pounds of sand in his pants when he weighed <laughs> in like that. I mean, this is a skinny dude, very small. The, the positives, though, are a lot of the same positives that attracted the Jets to Elijah Moore. And honestly, Garrett Wilson, in a lot of ways, super dynamic, great with the ball in his hands, explosive speed, not Meikle Harbin level, but good enough definitely to separate. And he was held back by poor quarterback play. Now, Phil Drakevich is going to be, I think, a pro prospect at some point, but he got banged up. I didn't think the offense was super creative. And it was a lot of what we said about Xavier Hutchinson a couple of weeks ago, which is where the offense was force feeding him the ball because he was literally the only thing that would work half the time. So, uh, so Flowers is probably not going to fall to 42. He might be, I think he probably falls out of the first round. Mm-hmm. I think the only guys that I could see locked into the first round right now are Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, even though he didn't have the best pre draft process, and Jalen Hyatt. Flowers is kind of in, I would say, the the 25 to 45-ish range. If he falls even a little bit, like Jermaine Johnson did. I mean, who thought Jermaine Johnson would go, what, 26th when they got him? I, I would love Zay Flowers in the second round, and then maybe getting the – that's the other option. Maybe you sign Ben Jones, you draft Zay Flowers, and then Excelsior, let's go from there. I, I love that. I love that shot. And you change it, too, from the pre-cap or the pre-show one that we discussed, and that's a fair change. Well, I mean, we have to look at receivers now because there's no Elijah true. Moore. So That's true. I, I love that. He is a perp. I think he'd be a great replacement for Elijah Moore in the slot. Obviously, the big, like, big issue with him, other than size and stature, is drops. Like, he had a lot of drops in college. Um, but if you obviously can correct that, which is something that can definitely be corrected in the NFL, uh, I think that he'd be a great, great fit for them. Uh, yeah, Patrick's talking about the the Michael Hardman signing. Say it's a solid signing. Yeah, we've we talked about that a lot. That, that feels like a, a lifetime ago now that we started talking about Michael Hardman, especially when the whole point of our argument was based on his fit with Elijah Moore. And then I know, I know, it's <laughs> it's going to be funny listening back to this. Like people are going to listen back to the first like twenty minutes and be like, "No, Elijah Moore's traded, you idiots!" And then, <laughs> and then we're going to break the news live on the show. People watching this, you ever see that movie Interstellar? Or Matthew McConaughey's yeah. banging on the wall. No, no. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, no those way. will be our, our, our loyal listeners. But yeah, what a crazy hour on the Jet Press podcast. All sorts of goings on. Miko Hardman in. Elijah Moore out. He is now a Cleveland Brown or will be a Cleveland Brown when the trade is finalized. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We had as many live viewers on this stream as I think anyone before. So thank you guys for tuning in. We've been thrilled with the reception so far. As always, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcasts from. Hit that little bell on YouTube when you find us at the Jet Press, and you'll get notified on your phone every time we go live for crazy, crazy moments like this. When you think you're going to have Elijah Moore, and then all of a sudden in the middle of a show, you don't have Elijah Moore. This is where you come for those takes. Justin, I'll give you the floor. Dude, I'm just, I'm just excited for next week. I don't know. I want to I know what's going to happen next Wednesday because clearly the Rodgers trade probably. Honestly, I bet it something will happen next week. So if you if you want to know when the Jets are going to do something, it's probably on a Wednesday, probably around 3 p.m. Uh, but yeah, thank you all for joining us on the show today. It was a wild show. You can follow Mike on Twitter at by Mike Luciano. Follow me on Twitter at Justin T. Freed. You can follow the Jet Press on Twitter at the Jet Press. Download Jet Press podcast wherever you get your podcasts: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
Overcast. I'm gonna shout. I will shout that out every week. I'm gonna shout out it. Overcast, man. We got some. We got a lot of repeats on there. So <laughs> I'm making that. A, I'm, I'm committing to that. Uh, also, check us out on YouTube, of course. Subscribe, like, hit that notification bell. You guys know what to do. You've hopefully done it already. Mike already told you to do it. We stream live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you all for listening to the Jet Press podcast. I've been Justin Freed. That's been Mike Luciano. See you guys next week. See you guys. <laughs>